This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Mike Wells. We're filling in for the guys today, taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther now that has dominated the show so far. If you miss any of it, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Mike Wells NFL. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line. And I see you, Dylan and Rock. If you want to give us a call, talk about Baker Mayfield. Give us a shout at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. But right now, we're going to bring in some help and have a different kind of conversation. We're bringing in our friend Brandon Gall, owner, Braden Gall, not Brandon Gall, Braden Gall, owner of 440. How many, how often, Braden, do people do that to you? Like all um, the time, right? Because our producer, Shannon Penn, did it maybe like a hundred times in our pre-show <laughs> meeting when he was telling Shannon us that you were coming bus. on with us. <laughs> Braden um, owns uh, 440 Sports. He is, of course, an ESPN radio host. You have heard uh, his voice across our platforms here at ESPN Radio. Uh, well, so I, uh, I'm going to go full Al Bundy on you guys here. And, and remember that one time where I was playing high school football and you, you score a touchdown in your own stadium. You expect your own PA announcer to get the name right. And my mom was very upset when she was sitting in the stands at Franklin High School in Nashville, Tennessee, when I caught a touchdown, and they called me Brandon Gall. So, um, As she should it, be. I, it, I love the name Brandon. So I, I, my apologies to your <laughs> no, mother. So good. we're going to get into some college football talk in a moment here with Brayden because the landscape of college football is changing drastically and may change even some more. But before we do that, obviously the Baker Mayfield trade is dominating the airwaves today. So, Brayden, I have to get your thoughts on Baker Mayfield now being a Carolina Panther. Well, I think when you look at the deal, I think it makes total sense for Carolina. You you pay basically, what, $5 million of the salary. You give up a, a low pick that's not normally a contributing member of the team necessarily, and you bring in a guy who's better than Sam Darnold. And I, I think it's hilarious that you now have the first and third picks in the draft on your team, even though you didn't make either one of them. I think that's hilarious from that particular draft. But I, I don't know. Like it, it seems like a very – you talk risk-reward if you're the Panthers – with a guy, I think Matt Rule's a solid coach. I might be the only one in America that thinks that, but I think he's an okay coach. He's running on borrowed time right now, and he needs to make a move. I think this is you could do a lot worse than going and getting a guy who took the Browns to the playoffs. So I don't know how many starting quarterbacks you guys can name off the top of your head that took the Browns to the playoffs. But the guy's not—he's not completely garbage. I think I think it's a really good move from a risk reward standpoint, and it gives you a better option. I don't know what the Browns are doing. I think that's a <laughs> that's a more interesting question. <laughs> Well, trust me, that, that's a question that I think everybody in America is wondering what they're going to do to the quarterback spot. Brayden, obviously the college uh, sports world got some big news last week with uh, USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten, which I live in Indianapolis, so I'm excited to see USC play games against Indiana and Purdue on, uh, on, on Saturdays in the fall. Since that news has happened and we see how the landscape is changing and also, when you add in um, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, have you found yourself trying to say, okay, where else, what other conference could be, how could they combine teams to be a third power conference since the news broke last week? Or, or are you just like, okay, this is just the landscape of college sports now? Yeah, uh, shout out to Broad Ripple in Noblesville, by the way. Yes, fast. sir. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Old, old stomping grounds for me as well. Um, I, I think that's the question. The, the ultimate question is, where are we headed? Are we, we're, gonna, we're headed for a breakaway. There's no question about that in college football. The real question is, how big is it going to be? Is it going to be 40 teams? Is it going to be 42, 44? Or is it going to be closer to 65 and 70 
where you sort of feel more like the Power Five is coming along for the ride. And I like I'm a diehard knucklehead who watches everything in college football. So I love Oregon State and Louisville and Iowa State and Kansas State and Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Oh, by the way, the two teams that played in the ACC championship game right now don't really have a seat at the table. So I'm a fan of all of that stuff. I know not everybody loves that stuff, but I do. I want to see all of them included. And that means the Big 12 and the Pac-12 probably need to figure out a way to combine forces to sort of lock down the western part of this country to kind of keep football interesting and relevant. The key is going to be, do they have a seat at the playoff table? And the same thing is going to be said for the ACC, which right now every one of those teams is trying to get out of those those contracts to get into the SEC and Big Ten. So I, I think that's the ultimate question. We are headed for a breakaway. Is it going to be 40 teams and we're going to see a lot of teams left in the dust? Or is it going to be closer to 60 and 65 where we have a more inclusive, more recognizable college football playoff? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where we're headed, guys. I, I am nervous that it's the 40-team area. I would much rather it be in that 65 or 70 because it's going to be just a it's going to be far more charming and far more recognizable at that state. Braden Gall, owner of 440 Sports and ESPN Radio host, joining us here on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. The ACC and Pac-12, Braden, are discussing a loose partnership that could result in a championship game. So that's one piece of this puzzle. The Big 12 is considering adding Pac-12 schools to fortify itself. That's another piece of this puzzle. I mean, what do you make of these conversations that are happening? What does a loose partnership even mean between the the ACC and the Pac-12? Uh, I have no idea. Um, too, too, too alliance, too furious. I don't know. Can we call it that? I don't know. Like it's the, the first alliance worked out brilliantly for everybody involved. If you don't remember, that was a completely fictional, made-up cooperative uh, event between the Big Ten, the SEC, or the ACC and the Pac-12, and, and the Big Ten just said, forget that. We're taking USC and UCLA. I, I, don't, I think the alliance is a whole lot of nothing, to be honest with you. I, what, what matters here is does the Pac-12, can the Pac-12 or Pac-10, whatever you want to call it now, can they keep Oregon and Washington at home? And if they can keep Oregon and Washington at home and kind of circle the wagons and protect their own, maybe they're going to go with some streaming service as, as a potential partner because that's where all those companies are located. They have very international, diverse audiences, and streaming could be very successful for the Pac-12 in particular. If they can keep that 10 teams kind of locked together, then I think they've got a chance to survive. This is why the Big 12 is trying to look to take to some of those teams as well. Do, is it more successful if they merge and they have a 16 or 18 team super conference? I think that's more interesting. I do not see the value of Stanford playing Wake Forest. <laughs> like I know, I I know they probably have similar SAT scores, but I don't <laughs> see the value of like what what does that do for somebody? Like what does that do for the fan? What does that do for the alumni? I don't know if that does anything for TV partners. I don't think that does anything for the conferences. I don't I don't honestly get that. Um, I think the ACC right now is grasping at straws. They desperately need Notre Dame to join the ACC. Maybe they go out and get West Virginia. I do not think that happens, and I think at that point, every one of those teams in the ACC, North Carolina and Virginia, Virginia Tech in particular, are going to be trying to – they're all trying to get out of that conference. And so they are desperately trying to keep their league together, and if that means you know, have an alliance with the Pac-12, sure, go for it. I don't think it actually buys you anything. You touched briefly on, on Notre Dame. That's the one school – that I think a lot of people are keeping an eye on. Is there any way you could see potentially at some point down the road, Notre Dame decides to join the Big Ten? Yes, and I think it would be because they break away. Like that That's why the SEC is totally – and this is a very undercovered part of this. The SEC does not want Notre Dame to join a conference. 
because right now it is a two-horse race between the SEC and the Big Ten to see who's the biggest, you know, fastest horse in the, on the track. And there's no reason to push the Big Ten, Notre Dame into the arms of the Big Ten. And if they break away and have their own playoff with no one else included, that would force Notre Dame into the arms of the Big Ten. Also, if the Big Ten goes out and gets Stanford, a team that Notre Dame wants to play every single year, if they've got Michigan, Michigan State, you know, those Indiana-Purdue rivalries are bigger and better than people think in that state. You mix in USC and Stanford, all of a sudden you've got four of their mandatory opponents on the schedule, and you're breaking away. I, I think that's where you could force Notre Dame into a conference. But as long as we don't have a breakaway that doesn't include everybody, the SEC is going to fight like crazy to keep Notre Dame independent. They, 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 w- they will vote for Notre Dame to have their own path to the playoff, let them have their own TV contract, let them make their own money because that keeps them out of the Big Ten. And so the SEC has vested interest in Notre Dame not being in the Big Ten right now. What a wild time in college sports. Braden Gall, 440 Sports ESPN radio host. Braden, thanks for stopping by. Yep, always a pleasure, guys. Coming up next, how does the conference expansion in the Big Ten and the SEC impact the landscape of all of that that we just discussed? Mike and I will get into it. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in on Canty and Carlin. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Mike Wells NFL. You can also join the conversation at Triple Eight Say ESPN. We have been dominated in terms of this show by the Baker Mayfield news. He has been traded to the Carolina Panthers, but there's so much, Mike, to unpack when it comes to the forever changing landscape of college football. And we had on Braden Gall in the last segment to discuss the fact that the ACC and the PAC 12 have apparently had discussions about forming a loose partnership that could end up with a conference type championship game that would be played in Las Vegas. There's uh, the big 12 and the PAC 12 trying to essentially save themselves, right? There's the big 12 then trying to acquire Pac-12 teams, like up to six Pac-12 teams are interested. There's a story out there that in the ACC, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami would be on the move to the SEC, that the SEC would specifically be interested in those schools. What do you make of all of this in terms of college football why now? And do you think any of it's actually happening? I, I think I think all the other conferences not named SEC or Big Ten are in scramble mode because they lost four significant schools in in uh, the Big Twelve losing Texas and Oklahoma, the Pac twelve losing USC and UCLA. So those schools, those conferences, they're everybody's trying to scramble and say, how can we get close to being anywhere anywhere near the Big Ten or 
the SEC. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna come close to it. That's the reality of it all. But you know, Amber, I've actually kind of been playing that game too. Like I'm trying to say, okay, who can you who can the Pac-12 replace? Who can they who could they bring in to replace USC and UCLA? And I like Boise State and UNLV. Two teams that can come in and join that conference. And so yes, I'm one of those crazy people saying, all right, how can how can these conferences stay relevant? Because at some point if if schools keep jumping conferences and want to join the, the SEC or the Big Ten, nobody's going to pay attention to them. It's going to trickle down when it comes to the college football playoffs. Um, it, I don't think it's going to make hu- a huge difference when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament in, in men's basketball. But from a college football standpoint, these other college, uh, conferences are going to be irrelevant. And I hate to say it, you know, it, it's sad for the for the student athletes. But nobody's going to pay attention to any conference except the SEC and the Big Ten because those are going to be the conferences that get the most teams in the college football playoffs because it's going to be the toughest conferences in college football. But it right now, like I said, everybody's just kind of scrambling on how to stay relevant behind the varsity boys in the SEC and the Big Ten. If the SEC and Big Ten end up becoming super conferences, then it might look like an NFL-type model, right, with the AFC and the NFC. Like, that's the direction that we might be headed. But we always think about these things, Mike, in terms of college football. And this ain't just about college football. I mean, these schools, for example, leaving the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 thought that they were safe because – of how they are geographically made up, right? Everything west of Denver. So we'll take everything out here and we'll be safe. And USC and UCLA can be two of our flagship programs. Except for in 2022, all of a sudden, apparently it doesn't matter so much if now you have to fly across the country to play another school. But what's remarkable is in football, fine. We're talking once a week, right? For a shortened season throughout the year. This ain't just football that this impacts. What about these other sports? You mentioned college hoops or what about baseball? What about these other sports that have many more games? And so now you're talking about student athletes. And I understand that we, we kind of mock that, that phrase when we're talking about things like pay for play or NIL. But they are students. Like they do actually still go to school no matter how you feel they should be compensated. So we're talking about students flying across a country now to play these other sports on commercial flights for these other sports. Again, not everything is college football and not everything has the funds of college football and then potentially staying there for two weeks in order to play their games on the other side of the country. That's what's remarkable to me about the decision, frankly, of these schools because there's so much more to it than football. With football, I can wrap my head around it. I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around it for softball or gymnastics or any of these other sports that these student athletes are part of. And of course, the majority of those student athletes, including the football ones, by the way, are not going pro. So school is still supposed to be somewhat of a focus here. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, you know, USC baseball going all the way across the country and saying, okay, you know, because you're not playing just one game in baseball. You're having a three or four game series and saying, okay, you know, Rutgers and Maryland are partnered up. So Mm -hmm. that means those student athletes are missing a full week potentially a week plus of school because they have to knock out a three-game series against Rutgers, a three-game series against Maryland, and then you have one day each of flying across from L.A. to uh, All College the way Park. to Jersey. I mean, it's, All, it's unbelievable. And then flying back. That is absurd. It's absurd, and no one's talking about that component of it. 
And that's a huge component of it. It's why I think the Pac-12 thought they were safe, frankly, because I think they thought, hey, geography matters here, and this is how we positioned ourselves in terms of our conference. And geography doesn't matter when we're talking about rights deals, right? Like, this all comes down to rights deals. It comes down to money. It comes down to the expiration of these television contracts. The reason these schools are able to do this is because of the expiring contract in the Pac-12 in terms of television rights coming in 2024, which is when they would start conference play. And that's why they made this move to the Big Ten now. It is unbelievable what has been happening, frankly, in college sport and how much it affects. Barney is in Michigan on the CC call-in line. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. Barney, what are your thoughts on conference expansion? Well, I think the big part is what happened during COVID, where the universities now realize that the kids don't have to be on campus to go to class. So it sort of shrinks the country when it comes to some of those other sports you were talking about, um, you know, Stanford traveling to Rutgers to play a volleyball game. Well, they're already taking online classes, so what's the difference? Um, I, do, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Bar- Barney. Sorry to cut you off. We're up against the clock a bit. But I do think that is a good point, Mike, that we all kind of saw in a pandemic era that we can do a whole lot of things remotely that maybe we weren't considering before school is certainly one of those things. I mean, it was already somewhat remote before, but now you can go remote in just about every course. No, you, you can't, but it's going to take some juggling out of it. And I'm curious on how it's going to impact the grades because you made an excellent point earlier in the segment, uh, Amber, when you said that, Hey, not everybody's going pro. Not everybody's going to major, be a major league baseball player. Not everybody's going to be an Olympic gymnast. So you have to have the academic side because the reality is you have to have you want you went to college to play the sport, but also to get a college degree. So the, the impact of how this trickles down is going to be very curious in years to come. I also wonder how the student athlete feels about this. I mean, yeah, maybe you can take the online course. Do you want to be in Jersey if you're going to USC for a couple weeks for your sport? And do you want to be flying across the country if you're sitting and coach on a commercial flight and flying back and forth? You know, I do wonder what does the student athlete make of this in, in all of these sports? But there is a changing landscape in college sports and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon coming up next we go back to the ramifications of the baker mayfield trade plus we are getting into our two a days here on espn radio the new york giants are up first daniel jones talk that's next this is canty and carlin now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days. An in-depth preview of every team in the National Football League. Two teams every day as we storm towards training camp. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. The New York Giants. With the fifth pick, the New York Football Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau. Defensive end, Oregon. The 
problem with the Giants is this. Talk about a guy on the clock. Daniel Jones, they don't pick up the fifth-year option and they say, this is a prove-it year. Does a good job in the huddle, does a good job in the classroom. Just a, a guy that wants to be really good and is trying everything he can do to be the best he can. I think when you look at Saquon, it's redemption season. That's the vibe that I get. If you doubted me, stay on the other side of the table when I turn it around. It is NFL two-a-days here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells hanging out with you. And every day here on ESPN Radio, we are breaking down two teams as we head towards the NFL training camp. Today, we start with the New York Giants. And the way that we break this down is by SWAT, Mike Wells. So we do strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Let's start with Mike Wells' strength for the New York Giants this upcoming season. I'm going with their front seven, Amber. I mean, the, draft, the, the Giants drafted Kayvon Thibodeau uh, out of Oregon with the fifth overall pick. They're going to have an opportunity to get after the quarterback at Wink uh, Martindale with a, a very blitz-heavy 3-4 defense. So you're looking at Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, um, Justin Ellis, and then you also Blake Martinez, they're going to have an opportunity to shorten the field for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in that offense. So give me the deep, the front seven of the defense as the strong suit of the New York football Giants. My strength for the Giants is, well, they had a promising draft class. They got a handful of steals in the offseason already, but it's the schedule that I think really helps them here. I mean, the schedule does not look bad. They face several scuffling teams. They face the Commanders, the Lions, the Giants have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. Now, of course, the flip side of that, Mike Wells, is the other three easiest schedules in the NFL belong to the rest of the NFC East. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works out. However, the Giants should be aided by the fact that there are some built-in dubs into their schedule, or at least should be when you consider their talent. Let's move on to the weakness. What is the biggest weakness for the New York Giants in this 22-23 campaign? I'm going to give you you two. Uh, The first one is Daniel Jones at the quarterback spot because if the New York Giants felt comfortable with Daniel Jones, they would have picked up his fifth-year option. Instead, Daniel is in the basically prove-it year to prove that he is that guy. It's not often that teams don't pick up a first-round, pick up the fifth-year option if they believe in that player, a guy that was taken in the first-round pick. Daniel Jones clearly has question marks on whether he can lead this franchise. He's got a 12-25 and record in his career. And the guy he hands the football off to, Saquon Barkley, he burst into the league in 2018 rushed for 1,300 yards, five yards to carry. He looked like he was going to be that guy. But injuries have hampered him. He has not played a complete season since that rookie year. So if the two very important positions on the offense can't stay healthy and produce, it's going to be lead to a lot of question marks on if the New York Giants can take advantage of that weak schedule that you just alluded to. You're giving Daniel Jones as the weakness already. So you, it seems like you're out on Daniel Jones already. Oh, he's out. See ya. 
I'll hold back a little bit, uh, try to give him, I guess, one more season before I make him a designated weakness. I'll I'll wait for like four games into the season, then we can have this conversation again. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley, but not necessarily for the same reasons you said. I'm just going to say durability generally and injuries because we know what Saquon can do. We know what he did his rookie season with 1,300 yards on the ground. The problem has been him staying healthy. He's been a liability out there in the backfield for the past couple seasons, and it's because he's dealt with several injuries and his footing just 627 rushing yards in the last two seasons it's obvious that he hasn't been himself but I think that the weakness may be that with the position he plays in the NFL and we know what the shelf life is I don't know if he's ever going to find his footing again as his old self so that's the potential weakness is that Saquon doesn't bounce back speaking of bouncing back what is the biggest opportunity here for the New York Giants this season I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, they, he's got an opportunity to step in and burst onto the scene. There was talk about him potentially being the number one overall pick. For, so for him to sit, sit there and be on the board still at pick number five for the Giants was a deal for them. You're talking about a guy at Oregon in just three seasons. Three seasons alone had had um, 19 sacks, nine sacks, three sacks, seven sacks. And he had the three sacks while just playing seven games. 35 and a half tackles for losses in in that. And then something you alluded to earlier, that weak, weak schedule that the Giants are going to face. So this is an opportunity for if Daniel Jones is going to you know show that he is that guy, he has to be able to feast on some of their weak opponents that they're going to uh, face. But if Kayvon Dibodeau comes in and produces at a high level, the Giants are going to have a steal at pick number five. Yeah, they might find themselves with a steal there at pick number five. I'm going to go opportunity Daniel Jones because I don't think anybody has a bigger opportunity than Daniel Jones to save his NFL career here as a starter. I mean, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. The the former Duke Blue Devil is just not really panned out so far. You are still waiting for him to have that breakout season, and this is his last chance. He's got Dayball as a new coach. He's got a clean slate to kind of start over and work with. Plus, he's got an improved O-line with the moves that they made. It should be vastly improved with the moves that they've made here to try to shore it up. So he's got, Daniel Jones has the tools. He's got some room here for improvement. He's got a real opportunity to prove the naysayers wrong, Mike Wells. And finally, threat. What is the biggest threat to this New York Giants team? You know, I talked about the improved defensive front of the New York Giants. Um, the Giants also put an emphasis on the offensive line. Now, if that line does not pan out, that's going to impact the guy that you said has a great opportunity in the quarterback, Daniel Jones, because the last thing you want is to be hearing footsteps when you're sitting and standing in the pocket trying to make a read down the field to throw the ball and you're getting hit on your blind side. So if the O-line it does not pan out after all those offseason moves, you're going to be saying we got to reshuffle the O-line again, and then you're going to be looking for a new starting quarterback. So my threat is on whether the offensive line can really step up to the challenge and open up holes for Saquon Barkley and protect up front for Daniel Jones at quarterback. Yeah, I've got the same threat. For me, it all comes down to the O-line because we know Daniel Jones, obviously, his development is also going to be a threat, but that O-line is supposed to be 
elite this season. They really made moves to try to shore it up. It's been a disaster in recent years, but they had a lot of pieces that they brought in. They overhauled that line and an improved O-line, obviously paramount to the success. So if it doesn't pan out the way that it's expected to now with the talent on that line, that would be a massive threat uh, to the future of the New York Giants in terms of their success. Coming up, we will continue this conversation with ESPN Two Days surrounding the New York Giants. What does Daniel Jones have to show the Giants to prove that he is, in fact, their franchise quarterback? That's next. This is Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio's NFL Two Days, an in depth preview of every team in the National Football League. Two teams every day as we storm towards training camp. NFL Two Days continues on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You can give us a call on the CC call-in line if you want to join the conversation. We have been mostly talking about this Baker Mayfield trade for the entire show. You can give us a call, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Baker Mayfield, he is now a Carolina Panther. He is no longer a Cleveland Brown. Dylan is in North Carolina on the CC call-in line, but I understand, Dylan, although you're in Carolina, you are a Browns fan. What is your reaction to the Baker Mayfield news? So I, I have a couple of things. Um, so one thing I could say is last year, I think what hurt Baker Mayfield's chances of starting for the Browns was him playing through the injury. It doesn't matter if it was on the throwing side or not. I backed Baker Mayfield the entire season last year. And, you know, us going for Deshaun Watson, you know, I thought, I was like, oh, no, that's that's not a good idea. But then doing the research of my own and trying to look into the information on Deshaun Watson and, and keeping up with all the hearings from last week, like Baker Mayfield's in a better spot, but he's going to feel the hurt on week one. Miles Jerry and JD, or Jadavia and Clowney are coming for him. Uh, you might be right. We are going to get the week one matchup uh, that dreams are made of now uh, for the NFL after this trade. You know, Mayfield did soar, uh, suffer that torn labrum in week two of this past season. Mike Wells, and I do feel like people don't give that enough 
credit when we're talking about Baker Mayfield's performance this past season. It was a bad season for Mayfield. He was also injured literally the entire season. No, he he, he was. And, you know, but of course, people don't, th- people don't think about that when they come to criticizing Baker Mayfield because of other things he's done to kind of, you know, put his reputation, you know, on the line. And he, he out there, you know, he competed, but the production wasn't there. Had he put up great numbers while playing hurt, everybody would be raving about Baker's toughness. Instead, it's the polar opposite. He's going downhill. He can't produce at a high level. And the criticism's sitting there for Baker. We are just one season removed from him finishing in the top 10 in QBR back in 2020. Then he fell all the way down to 27th in 2021. That is the largest QBR drop-off of any passer in the entire league, according to ESPN stats and info. Again, though, he had a torn labrum in his non-throwing arm, yes, but we know it affected his play. So it does stand to reason that just a year removed from Baker Mayfield having a very good season and being a good quarterback, that maybe... He'll become that guy again. And we'll get the opportunity to see it, it seems like, in Carolina, considering that maybe at some point here he will win that starting quarterback spot. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. The New York Giants. With the fifth pick, the New York football Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. The problem with the Giants is this. Talk about a guy on the clock. Daniel Jones, they don't pick up the fifth-year option, and they say this is a prove-it year. Does a good job in the huddle, does a good job in the classroom. Just a, a guy that wants to be really good and is trying everything he can do to be the best he can. I think when you look at Saquon, it's redemption season. That's the vibe that I get. If you doubted me, stay on the other side of the table when I turn it around. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. We're in the midst of our ESPN radio two a days, and we just broke down the New York Giants for you. If you missed any of that, always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. And let's bring in some help to help us break down the New York Giants even further as we head into NFL training camp. Jordan Renan, ESPN New York Giants reporter, also, of course, our colleague here at ESPN Radio. He is an ESPN Radio host. And Jordan, let's start with what's always the biggest line uh, storyline for this New York Giants team in Daniel Jones. We know this is a prove-it year for Jones. You just heard it on that rejoin, in fact. What does Jones actually have to do to prove it? He's got to show, you know, first of all, they got to win some games. I mean, you look at what they've done so far. I mean, the Giants are tied. Granted, this is not all Daniel Jones, but the last five years, I mean, they're the worst. They're tied for the worst record in the NFL with the Jets. I mean, so if you're not winning games, I don't care who you are as a quarterback. Nobody's going to invest in you long term. I mean, this is three years now into the Daniel Jones era. So at least he's got to produce, uh, you know, touchdowns, points, which they haven't done in the last few years. They did as a rookie, right? As a rookie, he, he, he actually came close to, by the way, Baker Mayfield, who you were talking before. I don't know if you remember. He set the rookie touchdown record at one point several years ago. And then Daniel Jones came close to it that very next year. And since then, uh, it's been downhill. So he's got to play at a really high level and, and show that he's worth a heavy investment Probably he'll take, you know, at least competing for the playoffs and making big plays and making plays by himself and lifting people around him. I think if he doesn't do that, then, you know, it's an easy decision at that point. Okay, 
This new regime is not committed to him, right? They're not the ones who drafted him. They could just clean cut, move on, let's get our quarterback like they did in Buffalo, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, in drafting Josh Allen in year two. So it's set up for the Giants, if Daniel Jones does not blow up, that they could just make that clean cut. Jordan, when you look at um, what Daniel has done so far in the first few years of his NFL career, how much of it, how much mm-hmm. of it has it been lack of talent around him at skill position? You know, take Saquon out of the equation, and how much of it is mm-hmm. maybe Daniel's just not talented enough to be a franchise quarterback for a playoff caliber team? Well, you say take, take Saquon out of the equation. The problem is Saquon's taken himself or, uh, <laughs> unintentionally out of the equation. He really hasn't played a full season in those three years that Daniel Jones has been the starting quarterback. But even more than that, I mean, the offensive line just hasn't been good. They haven't really given him a full opportunity. But at the same point, I feel that the Giants and most of the NFL feel like if you are that guy, right, if you're that guy that uh, you're a franchise quarterback and, you know, the the organization is going to bet on you and say, like, this is our guy no matter what, no matter what you have around you, you're able to list others. And you could see it. And so maybe his rookie year, you could see it, okay? He had a bad team around him, but he still made a lot of plays. He made a lot of mistakes. The turnovers were, you know, extremely high, which he's cut down on the last two years. But these past two years, like, there hasn't been the upside to it. It's like, where are those splash plays? Like, where is he putting everyone on his back and, you know, showing everyone, okay, I could do it regardless of who I have around me, or I can make the guys around me even better. So I think it's a, it's a, it's really a combination. I know that's a, that's a bailout right there, uh, a cop-out, but it, that, that really is the reality. He hasn't been good enough, and his supporting cast hasn't been good enough. Jordan Renan, ESPN New York Giants reporter and ESPN radio host joining us to talk all things New York Giants as we head towards the NFL training camp here on two days on ESPN radio. So let's talk Jordan about those weapons even more in that protection that Daniel Jones has. The O-line has been atrocious, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the last couple seasons. Yeah. It's got a new look, though, this season. Neil Glowinski, I mean, they have made some major upgrades here. What do you expect from that O-line this upcoming season? Look, they have now invested top 10 picks in, you know, two of the last three years at offensive tackle. So they better be good at those spots. If they're not good at those spots, you can just basically chalk it up to another lost season. It's going to be a disaster. So you got Evan Neal on the right side, Andrew Thomas on the left side. Andrew Thomas has shown growth his first two years. It looks like he's going to be a quality player. So if Evan Neal is what the Giants think, at least they have bookend tackles. The middle is still the interior, still a little bit of a question mark, like you said. They signed Mark Lewinsky. Uh, they they added John Feliciano, who's going to who's you know the intention is for him to start at center. So they're just hoping that uh, I mean that the offensive line is I think I think if they're average, that's a success for them because I always make this joke. I mean, I just you just keep tacking on a year, but the Giants are now in year nine of the offensive line rebuild. Like you can't even make that up, right? I mean, year nine of an offensive line. Their offensive line has been a problem since 20, really after the 2011 Super Bowl. You know, the, 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 that previous unit got old and was aging, and, and they haven't been able to replace it. Last year, I will say this, and I can say this pretty confidently, last year was probably the worst iteration of their offensive line out of all of them during the stretch, and that's saying a lot. So if they can get to average, which I think is a reasonable goal, 
that would be a success for this team. And that will give them at least enough to see, I'll get a real read on whether Daniel Jones is the guy. Average. That's what you're looking forward to, New York Giants fans, at least out of your O-line. Uh, Jordan... Ask New York Giants fans what they're getting used to, though. I mean, it's been really, really bad. I mean, you... the line has been a different next level bad for, for a long time here. So, that's, yeah. that's true. I'm sure Giants fans... Great. Yes, Giants fans would take average at this point. You should see, Jordan, the face that our producer, Shannon Penn, is making in the Zoom right now, our resident Giants fan, Shannon Penn. Ask but Shannon average. He'll take average for the season. Ask he, he will take average, like eight and nine, nine and eight. That's like average. Of course, Giants fans would take average. They are tied with the Jets for the worst <laughs> record in the NFL over the last five years. Average is good when you're been that bad. Shannon hey, Jordan, just gave you two Jordan thumbs from, up in the one. Zoom. From he is one emphatic. NFL nation to another, average is not good for you. It's not for me. For any team we covered, average does not work, good or bad. That's what you have to be. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, bad sometimes can actually be better uh, if you cover a team for, for NFL nation, which Jordan Renan does, ESPN New York Giants reporter and ESPN radio host. Jordan, thanks for joining us. Look, Giants fans and Ash Shannon, they just want hope at this point. Just give them a little hope. <laughs> An average would give them hope. For, average, you know, the future. average and I think would that's, give them we're looking for. some hope. We're, we we are up against it, Jordan. We're up against the clock, but uh, average. He talked me into it. Average is a good thing. Uh, coming up next, are the Panthers going to be better than average with Baker Mayfield at the helm? This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.